Aloha. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. The 2020 NBA Draft finished just a couple of weeks ago. That means that NBA teams are beginning to prep for the 2021 NBA Draft, and so am I. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited about this draft. I think it's going to be a, a much stronger draft. The 2020 draft wasn't particularly strong at the top. We didn't have any tier one prospects uh, in last year's draft uh, when Tony Jones and I um, went over our draft uh, draft tiers and only three tier two players. But after that, I, I will say that I think the 2020 draft had some significant depth after that in the lottery uh, to mid first round range. On the other hand, this draft, man, the 2021 draft, I think has four to five potential tier one prospects um, at the top and a super deep freshman class. This is a really, really strong uh, freshman class that makes for a pretty deep lottery. And so college basketball season, just a couple of weeks underway right now. Um, we have some prospects in the G League. I'll talk about that. Uh, I just want to give us a 2021 draft preview, and then we'll start diving deeper into the 2021 draft. But just a couple of things to, to whet your appetite um, as we start talking about uh, 2021 draft. Then we're going to have uh, Tony Jones of The Athletic uh, coming on um, early next week to talk about uh, our top prospects uh, for the 2021 draft, the guys that could potentially go number one. But I'm going to start with mine. Um, these are my top five prospects for the 2021 draft. It starts at the top with Cade Cunningham, the 6'8 point guard. That's right, a 6'8 point guard coming out of Oklahoma State, the freshman. He's 19 years old. And you're talking about uh, one of the most complete prospects that scouts have seen in a long time. He's got size, he's got length, he's got good uh, athleticism. He has a super high basketball IQ. He is an elite passer and he gets it done on the defensive end as well. And like one of the things that that really stands out uh, to me um, when you watch him play is just the poise by which he plays the game. He is a, is a player that just is not going to get rattled. He's rarely going to get kicked out of his rhythm. Uh, he imposes his will on the game in, in so many ways. And and just watching him in his first couple of games at Oklahoma State, it is rare to find a talent like Cade Cunningham with that size, that basketball ability, um, that that IQ, the six, the seven foot wingspan. Um, he is strong enough uh, to play through contact. Um, while I don't think he's an elite shooter, he's he's a good enough shooter that that defenses have to to honor that. Um, and he's a guy that really is going to get it done um, at the defensive end. And given his length, is is it clearly has the ability to be a disruptive um, defender as well. It's it's really really hard as you think about Cunningham to think about what is going to be the thing that trips him up as an NBA player. I, I think his ceiling is super high, uh, elite prospect, franchise-type prospect. But I also think that his floor is super high right now. In fact, I had a, a general manager tell me that uh, imagine like LaMelo Ball ceiling with Tyrese Halliburton's floor. 
as a way of sort of thinking about uh, what Cade Cunningham uh, is is going to be. And so he he could be a star. If he's not a superstar, I, I think he is going to be a super long-term uh, NBA starter. That's probably like where his floor is right now. Uh, but certainly he has the ability just to be incredibly special. We're already seeing that early on at Oklahoma State. It's going to be um, sad that he won't be able to make it uh, to the uh, NCAA tournament if we have an NCAA tournament uh, this year because Oklahoma State can't play in it. Uh, But we're talking about a guy that I just frankly doesn't need to be that heavily scouted anymore. Uh, Everything that we saw at the high school level, we're seeing already at the college level. Uh, He's ready. I think he could play right now in the NBA. And I think he would have been the number one pick in the draft. And I think that we would be talking about him very different than we talked about LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards right now, and that he would already be considered a franchise cornerstone for a player and a guy that could, could come in and step in right away. At two on my board is Gonzaga freshman Jalen Suggs, who has really... Um, wowed uh, both me and a number of NBA teams uh, in the early going for Gonzaga, starting with a very high-profile matchup uh, versus Kansas. Uh, And the thing about Suggs is, in many ways, he reminds teams of Cade Cunningham in that he just has an all-around game, a super complete player, offensively dominant, sees the floor as a passer, uh, can score off the bounce, has deep range on his jumper, um, is a gritty defender that gets after it, plays with poise and maturity. Uh, I, I, I'm just super excited um, uh, about Suggs. He's, he's three to four inches shorter um, than Cunningham, and, and that's probably one of the bigger knocks against him. But for the position that he's going to play in the NBA – at 6'4", 6'5", depending on uh, who you believe on the measurements. Uh, He has great size uh, for his position. And I think he's a little bit more of a live wire as an athlete uh, than Cade Cunningham is as well. And has this really deep-seated competitiveness um, in him. This is a player who loves to win. He hates to lose. And I think that he... um, has shown so much toughness already um, in the season, already looked like he suffered what I think was feared to be a catastrophic injury uh, in his lower leg uh, and bounces back from that against West Virginia, um, comes back in the game, uh, surprises everybody by playing again, is limping around. Mark Few tells him that he's got to stop limping uh, if he wants to continue to play, and he just stops. And I think that it's that level of toughness and competitiveness that makes him, in my estimation, another player like Cunningham that it's really hard to imagine how he fails um, in the NBA, you know, short of, you know, catastrophic injury. He just has such a complete game uh, and can do so many things on the floor. I, I really, really love him. I had one general manager compare him to the second coming of Brandon Roy. Um, which is a a really, really high compliment. And I think he has the chance to be an absolute star um, in the NBA. At three on my board is Evan Mobley, the freshman center, uh, 19 years old out of USC, uh, who 
is the prototypical big man uh, in this draft. Uh, he could be a center. He could be a four um, at the next level. Um, he's shown up to be a pretty terrific shot blocker and rebounder um, at the college level for USC. Uh, he can stretch the floor and shoot the basket. But I think the thing that is been the most intriguing to me, and we saw this the other night against UConn, um, is ability to put the, the ball on the floor and to create off the dribble. Uh, he had one really incredible play against UConn where he caught the ball at the top of the key, was able to take his man off the bounce and be able to get to the basket. He's also a pretty good passer. He has you know good basketball IQ. He's, he's, he's thin. Uh, he absolutely needs to put on you know, 20, 25 pounds of, of weight on his frame. It might be more while he'll, why early on in his career, he might project more as a four um, than a five. Uh, but this is a very skilled basketball player, a player that early on, I think a lot of teams uh, thought might be the number one prospect in this class. I think that, that Cunningham ended up surpassing him at the end. I think there was people that were a bit disappointed um, about Mobley's uh, senior season. But so far, he's looked terrific at USC, and he looks, again, like a prototypical NBA big man in our league that can uh, score anywhere on the floor, um, can is a triple threat, and and is uh, going to be able to defensively hold his own and, and has the, the foot speed and the lateral quickness uh, to defend both uh, fours um, and fives. He's going to have to get stronger. That makes him a little bit more of a work in progress. Uh, but another guy that I actually think could ultimately be a potential number one pick um, in the draft. At four, I have Jalen Green, uh, the shooting guard uh, out of uh, the G League. Uh, he's 18 years old. He's a little bit younger. Um, he's playing on the new G League team that is consists of high school prospects, um, G League Ignite, uh, that are uh, trying to make the jump uh, to the NBA, um, but are going to skip college. Uh, he's joined by Jonathan Kaminga, uh, who's also a top 10 prospect uh, on that team. And and another guy who actually could be a potential um, lottery picks, uh, uh, Dyson Nix, uh, a point guard on the G League Ignite team. So three guys on this team uh, playing in the, in the G League that could be potential lottery picks. I, I think it's an intriguing experiment that the NBA um, is, is trying to make here. And Green is is going to be in the mix for one of the top athletes uh, in this draft. He is absolutely explosive on both ends of the floor, and he has a real knack for scoring the basketball. He is a guy who is constantly out there hunting uh, for his shot. Um, he finishes above the rim. Um, he's got a quick first step. Um, he's got a decent step back game. Um, he needs to improve as overall as a as a three-point shooter and a jump shooter um, and I think he he definitely needs to, to show that he can bring that same level of intensity on the defensive end that he brings on the offensive net end every night but but he projects in the league as a big time big time scorer um, at the next level and uh, I you know I had some scouts say that look he's he's there's some similarities there between him and Anthony Edwards, but less concerns uh, about overall basketball IQ, shot selection, feel for the game uh, than there was for Anthony Edwards, which maybe puts him up um, a tick. He's uh, number four on my board. 
And then finally, um, wrapping out um, my top five right now is Jalen uh, Johnson, the uh, 6'8", 6'9", 18-year-old uh, forward out of Duke, um, who, like Cunningham and like Suggs, just has a extremely high feel for the game for a player um, his age. Just super high basketball IQ, sees the floor, uh, is an excellent ball handler, um, just is a guy who makes other people better um, when he's on the court and is doing it uh, in a six in a six nine um, frame. Uh, he is a solid shooter, uh, but that is an area of uh, his game that I think he's going to have to continue to work on and, and a part of his game that that Michigan State um, exploited um, against him uh, the other night. He's not an elite jump out of the gym high twitch athlete, which I think is um, obviously, you know, a bit of a concern uh, for teams. He's good enough. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's not a bad athlete, but he's not quite has the bounce that you that you'd love to see at a player's this level. If he continues to develop his jump shot, though, um, he has the potential to be a super intriguing player at the next level at his size and given the skill set that he has. And uh, he's my number five uh, prospect right now um, on my big board. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about some of the other um, prospects uh, in this draft and some some themes of this draft. And we'll also talk about um, who's actually going to be picking um, in the 2021 draft. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. I'm a runner. And every day... As I get to about mile eight or nine, my body starts to slow down. My muscles start tightening up. I need to break through a wall. And that's why I'm so excited about Built Bar's new product, Built Go, a solution to breaking through your wall. So what is your wall and what is Built Go? Built Go is a healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting. It's natural. It's easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages. You put it in your briefcase or your golf bag or your pocket to get throughout the day. It's the best workout gel on the market. And here's the thing, it is delicious. Much like the Built Bar, it tastes great. It has three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate milk. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine, better results, it's filled with protein. It's amazing stuff. So why don't you try it out? Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. And we're back talking 2021 NBA draft preview as we get ready to dive into the 2021 draft. And I'm putting together a, a much bigger big board. I want to talk about a couple of, of themes uh, for this year. And it starts uh, with what is a really top heavy freshman class. Uh, freshmen continue to have a huge impact 
In 2020, there were six freshmen, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, uh, Patrick Williams, Isaac Okoro, Onyeka Kongwu, all win the lottery. They actually were the, the first six picks in the draft, by the way. Another eight freshmen go in the first round. But in 2021, we're projecting a crazy 13, that's right, 13 college freshmen as potential lottery picks. Cunningham, Green, uh, Suggs, uh, Mobley, uh, Johnson we talked about. Uh, Kentucky's uh, BJ Boston is certainly there. Stanford's Zaire Williams. Tennessee's Keon Johnson. Texas's Greg Brown. Florida State's Scotty Barnes. Kentucky's Terrence Clark. Uh, and then a couple of other players that we talked about from the G League, uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Dacia Nix, um, all are potential lottery picks uh, in this draft. And then there's a, a bunch of other freshmen. North Carolina's Caleb Love, um, Arizona State's Josh Christopher, um, and Marcus Bagley. Uh, Tennessee's uh, Jaden Springer, um, Arkansas's Mo- Moses Moody, uh, Memphis's uh, Musa Cisse, uh, Kentucky's Isaiah Jackson, uh, Duke's DJ Stewart, um, Alabama's uh, Joshua Primo, um, North Carolina's uh, De'Ron Sharp, um, Indiana's Christian Lander. All of those guys are also potential first rounders. And, and in fact, one or two of them might supplant one of the two of the guy, two or three of the guys that we talked about um, at the top as, as getting the lottery. So this is an incredibly heavy freshman class, and I think it's a high-quality freshman class. This isn't just freshmen rising to the top because all of the underclassmen um, left in last year's draft. Uh, I, I actually think that any of the top five players in this draft, draft class would have gone number one in 2020, and maybe that extends to six or seven of those players would have been went number one over Anthony Edwards in last year's draft. So a lot of depth depth here it's very early on but super excited about this freshman class two is the next theme is that once again we're going to see a very depleted sophomore junior and senior class um you know it 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 was tough last year it's going to be even tougher this year um, there aren't just a lot of players that are returning college basketball players that NBA teams are excited about. Guys can rise. Uh, Obi Toppin did that last year. Uh, but it's it's looking more and more like um, this is going to be a, a sophomore and junior and senior class that are going to have to wait until uh, after the lottery and maybe even into the second round to hear their names called. One guy uh, that... I actually think could end up cracking the lottery. Um, who's a returning player is UConn's uh, James Booknight, uh, who has played very well early on. Teams were a bit excited about him uh, actually after his freshman season at UConn. He's a sophomore now and has been doing enough, I think, uh, to warrant a look um, as a shooting guard in in the you know ten to fifteen range um, in in the twenty twenty one draft. Um, there are a number of other interesting returning players. Uh, Florida's Keontae Johnson and Scotty Lewis. Uh, Louisville's David Johnson. Texas Tech's uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. Uh, Gonzaga's Corey Kispert. Uh, Michigan's Fra- Franz Wagner. Uh, Villanova's Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Uh, Baylor's Jared Butler. Uh, UCLA's Chris Smith. Duke's Matthew Hurt. Michigan State's Aaron Henry and Rocket Watts. Clemson's Amir Sims. All of those 
players could end up hearing their name called in the first round. Probably not all of them, uh, given, again, the crunch of freshmen um, that are also competing even in the late mid to late first round as well. Um, but all of them with, with excellent seasons have first round uh, potential. It's uh, Number three is it's going to be an okay-ish um, international prospect. I, I don't think it's going to be great. I'm, I think actually, even though there was really only four true international prospects that were drafted in the first round, uh, we might get the same number, but I'm not sure that we're going to get anybody in the lottery this year. Uh, Francis Killian Hayes and Israel's Denny Avdia were the only two international players uh, to go in the lottery in 2020. Uh there were two more international players, Alexis Pokashevsky and Leandro Balmaro, that ended up going in the first round. 2021 international class isn't really stronger. In fact, you can argue weaker because it doesn't really, I think, even have a prospect like a Killian Hayes or a Denny Avdia. Um, Real Madrid's uh, Unmen Garuba um, is the guy that gets mentioned the most as a potential late lottery pick. Uh, as a big man who's getting significant minutes on one of the best teams in Europe. Uh, but he doesn't have elite size and athleticism for his position. He's been very productive at, at a young age on a really, really good team in Europe. And that obviously is intriguing for NBA teams. Uh, but I'm not sure that the ceiling is there for him that there was for like a Killian Hayes or a Denny Avdia. Uh, Francis uh, Johan uh, Bagarin. Australia's Joss Giddy, Croatia's Rocco Pronchen, and Germany's Ariel Huporti. I probably butchered uh, those names, are other prospects that have been mentioned as potential first rounders, but all of those are players that will likely be out of the lottery. And look, every year there's a young player or two internationally that really starts to break out that we didn't see coming. And so um, we'll certainly be keeping a close watch over internationally to see um, who may come out. A last last little theme of the 2021 draft is that the excitement that teams have about wings. Uh, it's become the most coveted position in the NBA right now. Wings took five of the top 14 sp- spaces in the lot- lottery. I think one of the big surprises of the 2020 draft was how many bigs actually went um, in the first round. And that's, uh, I think, going to be interesting this year um, to see how it goes. Um, I think that this is going to be a really special year uh, for wings. I have projected as many as nine wings uh, going in the lottery, which I think is probably music uh, to NBA teams uh, ears. They love these versatile 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", prospects um, that can play the two, the three, the four, can defend multiple positions, um, can shoot, can put the ball on the floor. There's just a, a number of multifaceted wings in this year's draft, which is, again, one of the reasons that I think teams are excited about this draft and why um, they feel it's really strong. When we come back uh, with our 2021 NBA draft preview, I will talk a little bit about who is potentially going to be picking where um, in the 2021 NBA draft when we return to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. The wait is almost over. The 2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every team, division by division, 
from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including us. Plus, waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back talking 2021 NBA draft. And we've talked about some of the prospects, some of the trends. I want to end the podcast today thinking a little bit about projecting who might be at the top as far as NBA teams do. One one of the things that I think is is probably good news for a lot of teams uh, this year is that they saw the 2021 draft coming and were very reluctant to give up, up a pick uh, in the lottery. In fact, the only team that I really project as probably losing their lottery pick this year um, because of a trade is Minnesota, um, who owes the Golden State Warriors their pick if it is if it falls between four and thirty. So if it's not in the top three, the Warriors will get this pick. I, I don't think Minnesota is going to be bad enough to warrant a top three pick, though you know they can always win the lottery and, and, and move up. And so there's a chance that Minnesota will keep their pick. But it looks like Golden State for two years in a row is going to have a, a really good pick um, in the draft. And that's just really um, fortunate for them uh, in, in some big ways. Uh, who And, and, and it, like I said, I think for the rest of the draft, probably the, the team's that um, are going to um, be drafting in the lottery are going to keep their picks. Uh, who's going to have a bad team uh, next year? Uh, you know, uh, who who isn't projected um, at this point uh, to to make the lottery? And you know, you can look at a lot of different metrics for this. We're very early in the season. But based off of what they've done in the off season, uh, both with the draft and free agency and 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 what they have, you know, here's a look at at teams that I think will have the best shot at the number one pick in the draft in 2021. It starts with the Knicks. Uh, I think that it's it's fair to say that this Knicks team uh, is going to struggle uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they may not be the worst team in the East, but it looks pretty clear that they're going to be maybe one of the three. Uh, worst teams uh, in the league, and uh, that maybe this is going to be the Knicks' chance uh, to get their star. They drafted Obi Toppin uh, this year. I know the Knicks think that they're probably going to be better, but someone's got to got to bottom out. And if I was a betting man right now, I'd put it on the Knicks. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are another team that, even though they have a very um, interesting veteran front court with Andre Drummond and Kevin Love, too many questions in the backcourt. Um, they drafted a, a defensive wing who is very talented in Isaac Okoro, but is, is a, a bit of a work in progress on the offensive end. Um, and they look like they uh, could be in the running for a high uh, lottery pick as well. The Detroit Pistons um, are in pure rebuild mode as well. Um, Troy Weaver is completely overhauling this team. Uh, they drafted Killian Hayes. 
uh, who uh, I, I think was a really nice pick for them. But they look like they also could be a team that could end up at the bottom of the barrel uh, it, when it looks when you're looking at the 2021 NBA draft lottery. And between the Pistons, Cavs, and Knicks, I think you can argue make an argument for each of them having the worst record in the league next year. Um, and all of them look like they have the potential to have to be um, pretty pretty high picks. And I think those are those are the three contenders in uh, in the East. Um, in the in the West, it's going to be you know interesting again because the West is super competitive. Uh, but Minnesota. I'm not really sure um, that what they've done uh, this summer is going to be enough to really to compel them into the playoffs next year. And I'm not even sure that Minnesota is could, could end up grading out as the worst um, team uh, in, in the West next year. Um, Sacramento uh, has been trying to crack the playoffs um, forever. Um, they went ahead and didn't re-sign restricted free agent Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, as well, I really love their draft with Tyrese Halliburton, uh, but they're a team that seems like um, it's going to be challenging for them to make the playoffs. Uh, we don't normally talk about the San Antonio Spurs uh, as a team uh, that um, is typically going to um, be on their way out, um, but they are a team that looks like they'll be back in the lottery. Oklahoma City is another team that just absolutely feels like, given all the moves that they uh, made um, this summer, uh, are going to be uh, in the in the lottery uh, this year as well, and a team that actually could challenge Minnesota uh, for the worst record um, in the league. Memphis is also another team that's just you know they've been they've been moving along. John Morant had a great season for them. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, is a guy who's going to serve as a pillar, but they're young. There's a lot of, uh, you know, talent again uh, in the Western Conference, and I'm not really sure that they are going to be able to to make the leap, um, if you will, uh, for another year. And so those are the teams that I think are most likely um, in the in the West um, to end up there um, as well. As far as you go a little deeper into the draft, there are a few draft picks that are probably going to switch hands. Uh, the Knicks own the Mavs pick. That's the only like straight out um, swap. So the Knicks will have another pick. The Mavs had a pretty good offseason. I, I won't be surprised if the Mavs are uh, a pretty good playoff team next year. And so that's probably a pick in the 20s. Um, the Pelicans will get the Lakers pick, but uh, unless it falls between one and seven, which would be an absolute catastrophic event in L.A., so it's very likely the Pelicans will get that pick, uh, but it's probably a pick that's going to be in the late 20s. Um, the Rockets are going to own the Blazers pick um, if it falls between 15 and 30, and I really like what the Blazers did this offseason. I think the Robert Covington um, trade was especially good for them. I think it's likely that this pick will end up passing on uh, to um, the Rockets. The Rockets also will get the Pistons pick if it falls between 17 and 30. Uh, I think there's almost no chance of that happening uh, and that that's going to be deferred uh, for another year. Um, the Thunder own the Warriors pick if it falls between 21 and 30. Uh, that's 
a pretty likely scenario. Um, I think obviously with Clay Thompson out, there are some question marks um, there, but having the Warriors finish between 22 and 30 um, seems likely um, as well. And and no Warriors, Warriors fans, like I said before, the Warriors are um, in a pretty strong position to get Minnesota's pick unless it falls in the top three, which maybe it will for Minnesota. We'll see. Uh, the Grizzlies own the Jazz's pick if it falls between eight and 14. So sort of mid to late lottery. That's in my mind, very unlikely to happen. I think the Jazz are one of the, you know, top three to four teams in the in the Western Conference right now. The Knicks can swap picks with the Clippers. Uh, that's not going to happen, uh, considering the Knicks are likely to have the top three, top four pick in this draft. I think next year, and the Clippers are likely to have a very uh, pick late uh, in the twenties. And Oklahoma City will get the best two of their own pick, um, the Rockets and Miami's first-round pick, which is protected one through four. If I was a betting man right now, I would say that Oklahoma City is going to keep their pick, which I think will be a likely lottery pick and maybe even a high lottery pick, and that they'll probably take the Rockets' um, pick as well, which is probably not... A uh, they're gonna you know we'll see what happens with the Rockets with uh, John Wall and James Harden backcourt if James Harden stays there but I'm not I I think that you know the chances the, the chances are Rockets probably you know stay uh, as a as a playoff team but if not it's gonna be a, a, a late lottery pick whereas Miami I think will continue uh, to be one of the top t- teams in the East and so that's a look at where we're going. I mean, we could talk about a few other teams. Chicago um, could potentially um, be back up there again. They, they have a really young team and it's, it's hard to totally project, you know, what they're going to be or how they're, how they're going to play out next year um, as well. But that's sort of a look at which teams we're going to be talking about as far as getting the number one pick. I'm really excited for the 2021 NBA draft season. I've been watching a lot of college basketball. Excited for the 2021 NBA season as well. We'll be back uh, next week with the Athletics' Tony Jones uh, talking about contenders for the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha. 